1: This is the Wesson Walker Show. All right, biggest accomplishment overall for Steve Wilkes, and it doesn't have to be a game, right? It can be the improvement and succeeding with Sam Darnold in those six games. It can be the rushing defense. It can be allowing Deontay Foreman to flourish. It could be a whole bunch of different... It's Wess... Well,
2: good Lord, you took everything we could say. Eight mile.
1: (laughs) And
2: Walker. Tell these people something they
1: don't know about them. (laughs) Right, you know what I'm saying? Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. That's exactly what that was. Because of the Caleb Williams crying conversation, Panther Bo texted us on the text line at 704 570 9610. Panther Bo said he was trying to remember the last time he cried, and FDU comes to mind. You'll have to remember he's also Purdue Bo. And so watching Purdue lose to FDU in the first round of the NCAA tournament last year, the same Purdue that Fitty picked to win it all. <laughs> that was the last time Panther Bo cried at a sporting event. And you know, I mean, that's just an easy transition into a text question. The last time you cried because of sports, what is it? I want to go to you, Fitty, because I know you've cried a couple times over some horrible North Carolina losses. Was it Villanova or is it something a little more recently as to why you cried because of sports?
0: All right. So bad cried, Yes. Villanova game. Um, it was actually after I left Flounder's house. I did not cry in front of him because he was crying. Good cry was 17 when they went back. I, I, I think I've, I've talk, I, I cried three different times that tournament run. The comeback against Arkansas when they – or actually it was four. When they beat Kentucky to go back to the Final Four, after they beat Oregon in the Final Four, and then when they won the national championship. The Arkansas comeback? Because 12 run. <laughs> no, I know. And Roy Williams, I his, I his, his uh, speech on CBS was – I told him in the huddle, we ain't won a daggum
1: game like this all year. Let's do it daggum now. Done. It's a good line. Roy Williams is one that will drop a bar on you. <laughs> it's the T-shirt that comes to mind for me. Michael Jordan is the only man that ever had an off on and off switch, and he never freaking turned it off. I mean, tell me a better sports line than that. Anyways, is there a time that you cried because of sports, and is there one recently?
2: Yeah, uh, Kobe's last game against Utah. When going for 60, now, watching a game. just yeah, chucking it up. Yeah, I did.
1: That was a crazy game. Yeah, I'll tell you. Well, speaking of Kobe, watching his funeral was pretty tough.
2: Yeah. Whew. Yeah.
1: If Michael Jordan's crying, I might be crying. Last Dance? Speaking of Last Dance, Michael Jordan having the trophy, and then the audio is heard more than we've ever heard it before of him bawling after the death of his dad, hugging that L.O.B. That was one that probably got me going a little more so. D. Short said... He cries after every good rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner. sure short America. That's how it is. Big Cat Dan, what does Willie P on Twitter have to say about crying? It's great. Maybe we could play that game where you type his handle in, then search crying next to it and see if he has anything going out out there. Are you looking something up, Fiddy? It looks like you're hard at work, like drum researching something you want to bring to the airwaves. Oh, I'm looking up Willie P's Twitter. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Has a ginger (laughs) wife said when David Tepper bought the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, you you (laughs) saw it coming. 704 wrote in Kimba Walker Hornets all time leading scorer game. That's a great one. When he teared up and waved at the crowd, Kimba kept the lights on, man. And when he became the all time leading scorer in an era that was not very successful, we did have the one postseason appearance. That was a good one. And uh, Salty Pirate writes in, you don't cry all that much when you're used to it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> Salty Pirate, I hear your pain. I hear your pain. All right. I don't know if uh, Fiddy can find the tweet and be dynamic enough to hit the intro for LiveWire, but we're going to go to it. Time now for Fiddy and the LiveWire.
2: LiveWires on the team connect. Get respect
1: for real this. I know you feel this. The east of the, the west, up north
2: up. to the downs
0: uh underrating crying tweets involving Willie P's Twitter I might have to do some some more digging to get a, a really a really good one okay sounds good um also we do have some oh! the panthers have released tackle David sharp <laughs>
1: you I'll be honest, okay? Usually I can see when something BS is going to come my way, but the way you said that, I really thought he was going to drop something on us. (laughs)
2: That's uh, All right. We're going to have to take it away from him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Although I love it at the same time. You got me with David Sharp. All right. What else you got, Fiddy?
2: Also,
0: DJ Shark will be doubtful. That's the main reason I was going to hit the breaking news. A little Uh, more relevant. So Frank Reich, he met with the media yesterday afternoon, and, you know, we felt like maybe Chuba Hubbard has established himself as running back one for the Panthers. But after Miles Sanders' performance against the Colts, expect them to split the carries tomorrow night against the Bears.
3: We're just rotated. I mean, and um, what's funny is, you know, it is, it's a funny, not a funny question, but, you know, sometimes when, you know, and now Thomas has seen this in scripting, the, you know, the first plays. You know, you have to be leery of how you script, you know, because we sometimes do plays by, hey, we want Miles to have this play or we want Chuba to have this play. So, you know, if Thomas would deem that, hey, I want this play, you know, you have to be cognizant. They get who gets the start. You know, I mean, there's that technicality of who gets the start. You know, right now we're staying the same. Chuba is kind of the quote unquote starter. But I really see it being a pretty even rotation between the two of those guys, you know, and still trying to get Raheem in a little bit where we can.
0: Did Miles Sanders prove enough on Sunday to kind of get a a more even workload with Chuba Hubbard?
3: Well, for one, you know,
2: the paycheck, we talk about that. So they're going to make sure he stays involved in the game plan in some capacity. But he had his best game in Carolina when you talk about the averages. I mean, he averaged six and a half a carry and he averaged seven point three on his reception. So I think that. He showed in this game. He had some nice plays. I think he showed that he's capable of more of a workload.
1: After having just two carries against Houston, he had 18 total snaps in this game against Indianapolis. That was good for 25% of the total snaps. Chuba Hubbard played 46 or 65% of the total snaps. Raheem Blackshear played seven total snaps, 10%. So... Yes, I actually do think Miles Sanders played well enough to continue to get some work. Doesn't mean that he should take lead back. Doesn't mean that he should take more carries, a ton of carries away from Chuba Hubbard. But I don't want Chuba Hubbard being an 80% guy. I, I don't want Chris McCaffrey to do that to save him. I don't want that with Chuba Hubbard. You are paying Miles Sanders. I don't think that he is talentless. I do think that there are things that he can do well. And he showed that he's at least earned 25% 25% of the snaps like he had against the Colts. So I'm totally fine with giving him another opportunity against Chicago and Chuba Hubbard will still be the lead back. What else you got, Fiddy?
0: All right. I did want to transition really quickly to a piece of Hornets sound. Cause we had Terrence Oglesby on yesterday, the bugs back in action tonight against the wizards. And he talked about what the Hornets need to continue to do well on the offensive end of the court.
1: Whenever you're able to take advantage of the paint like they have, which let's be honest, bodes well going up against the Washington Wizards team, 28th in the league and giving up points in the paint. They give up over 56 points a game, and they're playing them twice in a row. I think that's a good thing, and it bodes well. But I I, I also don't think there's bad shooters on this team. A lot of these guys are struggling to find a rhythm. P.J. Washington came alive over the last you know, three games. Uh, you want to see them shoot with more consistency, but you also – the quality of shots needs to be better. And once the quality of shots – become better and easier because they are attacking the paint, I think they're going to start hitting more from the outside as well.
0: Walker, this feels like a game that you get a heavy dose of Mark Williams, who leads the league in field goal percentage, and maybe mid-range guy, P.J. Washington, who's done a much better job so far in the early part of the season moving the ball inside the three-point line if the outside shot isn't falling.
1: I think this is his best-suited role. We'll see what happens when Miles Bridges comes back, if Miles Bridges comes back. But P.J. has been very good, even if the three-ball isn't working, which we've seen a couple of games, the floater's been working for him. I agree with you as far as Mark Williams is concerned. He's had a couple of eight-for-eight games. The guy is just rolling to the rim, slamming it home, even showing nice hands on pick and roll. There was the bad pass from P.J. in this Dallas game that he was still able to get a handle on and finish with finesse, which I really like. Washington has Daniel Gafford. Not a slouch. I like Daniel Gafford as a center, but we know that Washington is going to struggle mightily this year. They're 1-5 so far this season, so I am looking for Mark Williams to have a nice game. The real question is, Terry Rozier out the next two. Brandon Miller going to get a couple more starts. How excited are you to see Brandon Miller start his second and third game of his NBA career?
2: Yeah, I'm excited to see what he'll do. I think he'll learn from the mistakes made. And he had a tough shooting night. It happens to everybody. But when you look at this Washington Wizards team, I think me and you could go out there and probably get about 20 to 25 points in between. Yeah! This is one of the worst <laughs> defensive teams dead last in defensive rating. The Hornets have got to get both of these games. I don't want to hear anything about a split. A split to me is as bad as two L's.
1: Damn, you're asking for a lot.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm i just saying, man, This is a bad team, man. The Hornets got to get this thing done.
1: It is. Uh, I did see, I think the line dropped from like four to two and a half with Terry Rozier being out of this game. So, no Terry. The backcourt depth, it dries up pretty quickly. Bryce McGowans is back. Ish Smith played three minutes. He picked up three fouls in those three minutes. So, making quick work of it. Nick Smith Jr. making his NBA debut. That's a possibility. I don't think it happens, but it's certainly a possibility tonight against Washington.
0: I'll be there courtside cheering them on, looking to get, to get to pick up their third win of the year. Lastly, really quickly, Tim Hasselbeck. You hear him on the HCC Network, also appears on ESPN from time to time. He joined the Dan Patrick Show and offered his opinion of Drake May as an NFL draft prospect.
1: I know a lot of people talk about Caleb Williams. Drake May is to me
3: about as perfect of a prospect that i have ever seen in 15 years at espn like like there are good quarterbacks coming out in this draft you're gonna have a bad team i understand you know you you re-signed daniel jones to a uh you
1: know big contract last year and all that i think if you're in the market for one of these guys
3: that i believe is going to be really really good I think you got to get involved in that game. And Drake May, for me, Dan would be at the top of the list.
0: Just for context, that means he thinks he's a better prospect than Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence. Wes, you tell me, is that fair or foul?
2: That Drake May, I don't think necessarily that he's a better prospect than those guys, but I think he's up there in the same vein uh, and I do agree with the Dolphins. If you do have a chance to get him, I think you pull the trigger on that and get rid of Daniel Jones. I don't know how you're going to do it with the money you gave him. And you talking about no, Giants? It's going to make you look super stupid, yeah. You, you said
1: Dolphins. Did you imagine I, I'm sorry, Drake, Drake in that
2: offense? Uh, no, yeah, you're, you're fine. I'm sorry. I
3: just, <laughs>
2: My bad. I meant the Giants. I was shaking for how excited I was about <laughs> yeah, to be. No, with the, the, uh, there. the Giants, for sure, man. I think they need to make that deal. It's going to make them look crazy, and I don't know who they get to take Jones, especially now with the injury added on to it, but – if they got a chance to do that, you got to do
1: it. Now, Caleb Williams is still sick. I mean, it doesn't mean that you don't want to draft him, but he has shown against some good defenses that he can be rocked a little bit. You had the three-interception performance against Notre Dame, against Utah. All he does is continue to lose. Now, he did put up 30-point performances. It's not why they continue to lose. That defense is horrible. Yeah, you know I like Drake May. I, I think Drake May is going to be outstanding, and we'll see if he's going to be the number one pick. Like, how much— is that a possibility? That's a possibility. Yeah, it does feel like it. So there's some analysis there from Tim Hasselbeck. That'll do it for the Live Wire. We'll move on and we'll ask the question about at least one team that could be in the market for a young QB like Caleb Williams or Drake May. Is Chicago in a better place right now than Carolina? Is it obvious? We'll talk about it coming up next on Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long
0: live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
2: Welcome back, folks. That beat you hear is the beat that Wakamel made famous. <laughs> rapping on it.
1: It's true. <laughs> A regular Max Kellerman in these streets.
2: With his uh, viral freestyle that he had on that one way back in the day.
1: Look, I'm telling you, it was way viral. I think it got picked up by like five people that I showed directly off of my phone. It was a crazy time. And I'm glad I can just be a normal human again after all the fame I received because of it.
2: (laughs) All right, folks. Welcome back to the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Getting back to the talk tomorrow night. The Panthers take aim at the Chicago bears. And as we look at these two organizations, especially the fact that they had dealings with one another in the NFL draft, the Chicago bears are the reason why that Bryce Young is here and taking snaps in Carolina And D.J. Moore and Deontay Foreman are formidable players for the Chicago Bears this season. And so when we look at these two franchises and we know that they have Carolina's first-round draft pick, which is going to help the Bears bolster themselves all the more this offseason as they will have the luxury of adding two of the best college football players in America onto their team, which organization is in a better place? when you look at these two and I will start the conversation off. And I said that the answer to me is Chicago, because right now, as I said, they're going to be able to add two players in the top three to four, uh, more than likely. And if they want to go in the direction of a quarterback, they can do so. We know that Justin Fields doesn't seem like it's going to work out there, but when you look at some of the moves that they made this past offseason, going to get guys like TJ Edwards, from the Philadelphia Eagles, going to get guys like Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, they just went and got Montez Sweat from the from the Washington football team. I almost called him by their old name. Uh, D.J. Moore in the mix as well. Cole Comets turning into a serviceable tight end. Uh, they, they spent draft assets on their offensive line. So I would say at this point, especially with the potential of what they could do at the draft if they don't mess this thing up, Uh, I would go with the Bears at this point. Yeah, it's got to be Chicago because you've got two top three
1: picks next year. You might have the top two picks next year. I guess it's in the realm of possibility, but you're not falling out of the top four. And it's going to be a deep class, even at QB, whether you're going to be able to select Caleb Williams or Drake May, you're going to have that opportunity. And you're going to have that opportunity to draft Marvin Harrison Jr., who is one of the better wide receiver prospects we've seen in a while, at least. Whether you agree that he's Randy Moss or whatever. Still a <laughs> very good wide receiver prospect. Sure. So to have those two picks right now, hell yeah, you're going to be in a better spot. It doesn't mean that they found the coach of the f- future. I don't know how much we know about Matt Eberflus, if he's going to be the guy. The offensive line needs help. Defensively, I, I think... You know they've invested in a couple of linebackers. It's funny. I think they paid for they paid more for Tremaine Edmonds. Yes, but T.J. Edwards is having the better season by far. And, and Edwards has
2: had some injury issues.
1: Yeah, and and Edmonds has you know he had the one six season in Buffalo, and before that it was a little dicey. But they've invested in the linebacker position. Now they're trading a pick for Montez Sweat. I, I do think there are some questionable decisions that they've made. But D.J. Moore, that's going to help you. Having a, a you know couple running backs, especially like Khalil Herbert, I think he's a good running back out of Virginia Tech, and then having those two picks. It's really, to me, Wes, the two picks you look at and say, that's why Chicago is in a better spot.
2: And then also, though, as far as just when we go higher up and you look at the head coach and things of that nature, do we still feel like that the Bears are in a better position uh, when you look at what they got going on? Matt Eberflus, and we've seen that they've had issues with – uh, Justin Herbert and the coaching staff and things of that nature and the way this organization has been run for a while now. They haven't been the monsters of the midway for quite some time. And we know that the Bears are one of the more pedigree franchises in NFL history when you talk about NFL lore and the NFL films videos and the vapor blowing out of guys' mouths playing in these cold-weather games up there. But the Bears had not been to a Super Bowl since the Rex Grossman days. And uh, But do we think that organizationally the way things are run there – Uh, These are two organizations that have both been in disarray, but do we feel that one has an edge over the other there? Just with head coach or? Yeah, just, you know, just your perception of the way things are run, head coach, different things of that nature.
1: I don't think that I am jealous of Chicago's head coaching situation. I would agree. I don't know if I'm too jealous of their GM situation. Now, it doesn't mean that I think Scott Fitter has done a fantastic job. I don't know if I look at Chicago and think, oh, man, if we just had Ryan Poles, like I, Brandon Bean, right, with what he did in Buffalo, that's somebody that I think, man, he was right here. He did a great job at putting talent on that roster. And while Buffalo hasn't lived up to expectations as much the last couple of seasons, man, at least they got some. <laughs> I mean, that's a team that didn't go to the postseason forever after their four-year Super Bowl run. And Brandon Bean now has them to a point where, yeah, they're they're supposed to be playing meaningful football down the line. I, I mean, I don't know if I agree with some of the decisions that Ryan Poles has made for them with some of the roster building tactics. I don't think it's been awful, but I you know I'm trading the second round pick for Montez Sweat, yeah, I I probably I get that. Like I get trading for Montez Sweat. I just think that offense has to improve so much. So if you're going to invest in Justin Fields or you're going and going to invest in whoever this quarterback is that you draft at second or third or wherever you select them with this other first round pick coming your way so no I I don't think I look at Chicago and say man because of the people that they have up top they are going places and I know that for sure why I think they're in a better spot is because they do have more talent and they do have two first round picks in a draft class that looks like it's going to be real special in the top five or so, Wes. Like, these guys look like real studs coming out of college.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, with Carolina, you look at it, they're in a drought of six seasons since they've been to the playoffs, and the Bears have been to the playoffs twice in the last six seasons. But the last time Chicago went to Super Bowl, as I said, the Rex Grossman era 2006 when they lost to Peyton Manning, who got his first against them. And the Panthers have been to the Super Bowl eight years ago, 2015. Um, but if I had to go with – the- Are you so you're bringing up history on this why you're saying- just, saying just you know and more so recent history just saying just going up a level from which franchise is in a better place as far as head coach how they're run things of that nature and both of these franchises have had missteps uh along the way but if i had to pick two of them today i mean i, I would go with I don't like the Bears head coach. I would take Reich over their head coach. But as far as just organizationally, they seem to have a plan. Uh, You know, their GM, Ryan Poles, definitely looks like a guy that's, that's very smart at this point because of the position they're going to be in this draft, which to me, anybody that would have had that top pick would have been able to get that deal that they got because the Panthers wanted Bryce Young that bad. And so when we talk about also what came out of that, trade dj moore that came out of that which a lot of people you included when this happened was not a big fan of this but how much better do you think this offense would be with him well yeah i understood
1: the move and i was cool with them making it Mm -hmm. i just thought people were like yeah who cares it's dj moore he's never been amazing and i mean yeah maybe he's not top five all pro but i always thought it was going to hurt this offense by giving him up and then he goes up to chicago And when Justin Fields is playing, D.J. Moore has three 100-yard games, including the Thursday night primetime game, where he could have had like 300 yards receiving had an official not called him out when he really wasn't. D.J.'s a good receiver. Would the offense be better with him? Would the offense be better with him? Hell, yeah, it would. Who's holding him back? The offensive line, maybe. But D.J. Moore would be better immediately than every single one of these receivers, Adam Thielen being the possession guy. But DJ Moore was putting up better numbers than he was the last three seasons. Now, I don't know about separation within six yards of the line of scrimmage. I do think Adam Thielen's numbers would come down because now you have another legit option. So now you can actually not have to funnel all of your targets towards one option. And now you got two, man, that's big time a young qb to be able to look the other way every once in a while and depend on that guy to make a play for you plus the explosive ability we know dj moore will stiff arm you into the ground now like that's a physical wide receiver separation's never been a a huge skill set for him but it's not like he's you know being it's not like everybody's around him all the time he's more of a physical guy i think he's got good hands so yeah the offense would be a lot better you can't get bryce young unless you make that move the only way to argue that is if you wanted to get rid of brian burns or derrick brown and that's a legitimate conversation i'd be cool with having that but yeah dj moore would help this offense a lot
2: so also too when we look at this let's listen to what frank reich had to say uh about dj moore and having
3: to give him up i knew he was a great player but when you find your quarterback you got to go all in there's you and you can't look back and those are really hard decisions and especially what makes it harder is with a guy like you know even though i didn't know him uh, you know i know that even be harder for everybody else here that did know him but you know when you find the quarterback that you want you have to be willing to make that you have to be willing to make that deal and um that's just that's just part of the business that stinks but you're you're taking steps to build a championship franchise and getting your quarterback is a big deal and so that's the move we made
2: All right, so going to the text line, Salty Pirate says, wouldn't that be ironic if Panthers give the first pick to Bears and they pick May? Tucker T says, then we get to watch Drake May to DJ Moore, SMH. It's the way of the Panther. Matt Rule, he attributed that quote to uh, Fat says, Carolina's front office is hot garbage, terrible decision-making. And the Bagel guy says, if the Bears are also smart and happen to get the, the first two picks, they would trade that second pick for a Kings ransom. I don't know about that one. You got a chance to add real difference makers. That's very rare that teams get in that position uh, in the draft to be able to do that. But I agree with Frank Reich, though. When you have a quarterback on the board, we know how important that is. We see the playoff teams, and 80 90% of those teams have a pretty good to great quarterback. So you're going to need one of those. And if you have a guy that you feel like you can go and get that can change fortunes in yours, I think it's easier to get – Uh, a receiver that can come in and make plays for you than it is to find a franchise quarterback. That's why everybody's trying to get one. And so, too, when we look at this and look at some of the moves that have been made, Deontay Foreman, he started to come on for the Bears. He's been getting used a lot, especially with Justin Fields out. They've been depending on that running game with Badgett and the crew. And DJ Moore that we've been talking about, which player would it hurt? Panthers fans and I definitely want to hear on the text line which player would be more insult to injury to have a monster game against Carolina Deontay Foreman or DJ Moore it it hurt for both
1: I think it's Deontay Foreman because you could have him for nothing yeah and I don't know if Deontay Foreman wanted to be treated better contractually because of what he did last year and so he wanted more money than maybe what was being offered to him by Chicago and then he had to settle that's a real possibility, but he decided to move on because it, I, I have to imagine he didn't like the potential deal that would have come his way, keeping Deontay Foreman. And yet it's probably, I would say he's got the more likely chance of going off because Wes, we get from Tom Pellicero just a couple of, uh, I think 30 minutes ago, there's a report coming in that Justin Fields, because of his right thumb injury is doubtful for tomorrow night's game against Carolina. So we have another week of Tyson Bajan. So Tyson Bajan, ever since he's been throwing DJ Moore the football, Moore hasn't really gotten to 60 yards yet. It looks like Deontay Foreman is the guy that is most likely to go off against this Panthers defense. And because the rushing defense isn't good, because they're going to hand him the ball quite a bit, and because he was so cheap – that's probably the guy that you look at and say it's most likely and it would hurt the most compared to DJ Moore.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that as well. And we know Deontay Foreman's rushing style, and we saw a lot of that at the end of last season. Very physical, bruising back. The Carolina Panthers are now tied with the Houston Texans for the league lead in missed tackles, 74 of those on the season. And we know against a guy like Deontay Foreman, it's probably going to be a little chilly up there. That definitely sounds like a recipe for him to have a big game
1: 803 wrote in d j Moore. are you kidding? Foreman is just a guy d j was our guy. There is something to that it's Deontay Foreman doesn't have the type of history here that d j Moore did, and th- this is why I gave a lot of credit to him i I don't know if he was polarizing. It was weird to see some of the reaction that people had when you would just just discuss, Hey, it's going to hurt like getting rid of somebody of that caliber. It's going to hurt. And people wanted to discuss how he wasn't an all-pro level receiver. Like, okay, who was the best QB that guy had throwing him the football? It was old Cam when he was a rookie, and it was Teddy Bridgewater, really like the first eight games of his season here in Carolina. The guy still would get 1,100 yards on average with Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield is the guy that killed it, Kyle Allen. Like, who is the best QB throwing it to him? Now the best QB throwing it to him is Justin Fields, who has not been a good thrower of the football in his young career. Maybe it happens for him, but even Chicago might look to move on from Justin Fields if they have the second or third overall pick. So, yeah, DJ Moore not having him, it's going to hurt. And that was the selling point for me when they made that trade. Two teams traded. One team traded for an asset that was going to help their young QB right away. One team traded away an asset that was going to help their young QB right away. And that team, the latter team, was the Carolina Panthers. They had to do it in order to get their guy. I get it. The real question is, the real debate would be, would you have been willing to give up Brian Burns over DJ Moore? Probably not because of positional value, so I get that. Derek Brown might have been your answer. Or, Wes, would you have been willing to deal another first-round pick if it meant taking D.J. Moore and bringing him back? That would be a real question. Ultimately, none of them are easy. And so I understood why they did it. But they did so because they felt they could replace the wide receiver production a little more so. It was a little easier to do that than maybe along the defensive line. And what we're realizing is, even if you bring somebody in, like an Adam Thielen, who's having a much better year than even Optimus thought, it's still really tough to produce Top level wide receivers. When you shop in the bargain bin,
2: yeah. But I like the point though that you bring up is about Foreman, just the money that was involved. Because a lot of people have been disappointed with Miles Sanders, and so I think if Foreman comes out and runs for buck thirty or buck forty, a couple of touchdowns, that's going to stink. Because you're like, man, we could have had this guy for next to nothing. But then DJ Moore is the one too, as you said. You looked at as. A potential franchise player, potential franchise cornerstone uh, of this franchise, especially when you talk about the offense. And so, yeah, that will hurt as well. So,
1: I like this text real quickly. 704 got mad at me calling Cam old. Like, yeah, I guess that's true. He's more hurt old. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, okay. He said, watch your mouth. I was like, all right, no, I love Cam. He's probably my favorite along with Julius Peppers. So, I feel you on that. But that's the point. It's that Cam was deteriorating right before our eyes, especially after the T.J. Watt hit that sent him in the decline. And there's D.J. Moore, you know, continuing to put up 1,100 yards outside of what Baker Mayfield did. And we'll see what Deontay does. Wes, it's going to be pretty bad if both of them go off. I know that.
2: All right, Fitty, last flash of the day. Hit it. It's all right to be a little Fitty. A
1: little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well Smile.
0: Wes, I don't want to make you cry, but tonight Victor Webinjama makes his Madison Square Garden debut as he faces the Knicks. 7:30 tip on ESPN. Last year, the cheapest ticket to the Spurs and Knicks game in New York was 98 bucks. This year, that is going to cost you 250 dollars. As basketball fans, do y'all get excited to see a star play their first game in the Garden, or do you think it's an overblown, overhyped event?
2: No, no question about it. I love seeing meaningful basketball being played at the Mecca. I love to see it this morning. I saw the nice little video package they put together of all the players. Well, some of the greater players in NBA history and their debuts at Madison Square, Jordan, with 33, what Zion did, and all these different things. So yeah, I definitely get excited and I'm certainly going to be checking Wimby out tonight at the garden.
1: I care because they care. If they didn't, then it wouldn't be all that big of a deal to tune in. But what Wes said, all the stars, they get ready when Madison square garden is on the schedule. I'll always remember Steph Curry's performance <sighs> when, when, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark Jackson said, Mama, there goes that man. I was like, yes, there he goes, Mark Jackson. There he goes. Mama, there goes that man. He was crazy, man. So, yes, I am excited about Wimby suiting up in MSG for the first
2: time. Yeah, man, they call it. Mark Messier said it's the cathedral of sports, and I'm definitely uh, on board with that as well. When we come back, last segment, this is the Western Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
1: Continues tonight. It's been a hell of a week for you. Man. It has been. Last night, Fiddy went to a concert, the Eagles concert at the Spectrum Center, and he had so much fun. He's going back. Except this time, he's going to watch the Charlotte Hornets take on the Washington Wizards, and he's going to watch them courtside. No credential needed. You're going to be on the floor with all of those basketball players for the first time since you tore your ACL. Fiddy, how excited are you about tonight? And as the week continues.
0: Uh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be cool having a night out with Mac, Flown, and, and Little Mac gonna take in the Hornets and the Wizards and uh I don't think I'll have as much fun tonight as I did last night though. Last night, you know, considering I didn't think I was going, I found out like Sunday night I had a ticket to go. My, cause my uncle couldn't go. Um the Eagles are my favorite classic rock band. It was a fun three and a half hours of some good music.
1: So you're saying Jordan Poole doesn't hit the same as Don Henley?
0: Or Joe Walsh.
2: They okay. did a three and a half hour set. Uh they played for two and a half hours. Man, that's that's definitely giving fans the value. Oh that's, yeah. That, that I would
1: imagine that was fun. I saw you put out the tweets yesterday. <laughs> I heard you singing in the background. You, you gave didn't us, pull
0: any of them, did you? You
1: gave us Hotel California. Did I pull them and save them, is what you're asking?
0: I I I posted them hoping that you would have pulled the audio. And forced me to play it, because you wanted to do it after the Luke Combs concert, where I was really singing my you-know-what off.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I could I could tell there was alcohol involved in Luke Combs. There wasn't any alcohol involved No,
0: in I'm Eagles. just a bad of a singer, naturally.
1: You can't, But you put it out there for everybody to hear. Oh, yeah. You didn't have any problem with putting it out there, as you should. That'll be just fine. And so I know you're excited about tonight's courtside event. You get to watch the Hornets and the Wizards on the floor with them, which is, it's crazy. I've done it... Oh, man. I got to watch the Pacers. I think the Pistons? Back in the day. How about this for a pull? You ready, Wes? Terry Mills was on that Pacers wow. team. And Terry Mills was right in front of me, diving for a loose ball. And at least as a kid, that was as close as I'd ever been to an athlete while playing their sporting event. Terry Mills. I've got that written down. It's got to be the most random name I've brought up in quite some time. Have you ever sat courtside at a game or... I know you've been at the sideline for games, so I don't know about yeah. football, that doesn't really hit the same, mm-hmm. but an NBA event. How many times have you been courtside?
2: Uh, well, you know, I'm not trying to flex anything, but when I was a ball boy uh, back in the
1: Talk day, to us West, like, why yeah. are you you know I don't
2: know. <laughs> now, when know. I was a ball boy, I mean, I guess that counts as courtside, for sure. That's been that's right true. Um, and then other than that, now nah, when I did Hornets, uh, I would watch games from, I never went on the sideline. I would do it during warmups.
1: Well, that's the thing about media is we have our own section and they're, they're good seats for mm-hmm. sure. But yeah,
2: I never sat in a media section like that. Maybe a couple of times.
1: Every row you move up makes a difference. Yeah. It's crazy because I got to go mid court last year. My girlfriend got tickets through her business. We were up probably like 10 rows. Mm hmm. And it's so, it, it's really not even crazy far away from where the media sits. But you move up, I don't know, however many rows, probably 10. I mean, it's crazy different. And so, Fiddy, you're about to be right there. You're going <laughs> mean, to, I mean, you might be able to smell their cologne yeah, or their you body spray. might be able spray. to trip somebody. That's true. Oh, pull the foot away. <laughs> don't you hurt LaMelo?
2: <laughs> oh, how much would we love it if a player chased a loose ball and goes uh, right on Fitty? Fit. Fitty also has a
1: purple shirt on. That would be lit. I'm really worried about your antics on the sideline
2: now. <laughs> I want Mark Williams to do it, too. He should be the one that comes <sighs> and doesn't. Just takes Fiddy out. I'm talking about chair, topples over, all I'm, that. I'm going to tell you right now,
0: if, if if I get that close to Mark Williams, I'm going to tell Big Mark about his uh, inability to guard on the perimeter and how much I appreciated it that one night in April.
1: <laughs> I'm a little more worried about what you might say to P.J. Washington because of me. <laughs> i'm gonna apologize pj it's my fault i just like you too much as a player i valued you coming back and because of that Fiddy is now going to yell and maybe even curse at you max gonna hear it i don't know if max gonna do anything about it though <laughs> you just got to make sure boss man should
2: we, we give it. him a closing war cry since we didn't give him one
1: we should we've got three more minutes left to go though so do you want to do it at the very end or do you want to do it Here, because now it feels like the timing is a little awkward, but we can still do it, and then just—it's
2: up to you, man. You could be the shot caller. Okay,
1: um, I'm not a baller. I'm a shot caller. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what Finn's been saying this whole week, man. All right, yeah, I feel bad. I we let you guys down today. We We apologize for that. We did, man. I mean, we usually do the (laughs) War Cry Wednesday. I forgot all about it. It's the second time I've done that in the last three weeks because we didn't do it at ACC tip off, mm-hmm. and so now I just feel like I disappointed the listeners and we well, all of us forgot about it. Nobody brought it up at the we beginning did. of the show when we just started talking Carolina Panther football. Fitty, you're gonna do it. You've told us that you're not gonna do it, but you're doing it. I don't, guys. This is I, your
0: last. Nah, we
2: don't want to hit none of that. I, I, I sung my
1: my
0: heart out for two and a half hours last night. My throat's a little scratchy.
2: Isn't the guy who always gets on athletes for making excuses and saying that they're soft because they can't do stuff? They're overpriced millionaires. I'm a part-time
0: employee, though.
2: Yeah, but... That doesn't mean
1: anything. Well, Tough, so toughness does have a price. You act like salary dictates how your voice goes. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Actually, still- and this in this in this industry it
1: does. Well, you can yell damn it. Okay? You can do that with us. Yeah, almost forgot to war cry last week too. I know 803 I apologize. Today we can we can cap it off with a war cry. That's what we'll do. It's Wes and Walker. We're bringing it to the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. They're going to be with you from 3 to 6 p.m. at Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. At the count of three, we'll give you the war cry. One, two, three. We'll see you tomorrow! Let's get it! We'll see you tomorrow.